Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, special listeners of Bobo and Flex. Um, in a strange turn of events, I'm here hosting an episode without the amazing Bobo because um, I've had a word of my spirit and the good Lord themselves <laughs> has called on me to talk about Love Island. I have a special guest today. Annie, would you like to introduce yourself to the world of Bobo and Flex? Hi, I'm Annie. I'm a New Zealander living in London, obsessed with Love Island. And I guess that's all we need. (laughs) (laughs) Now, obviously, if anybody's listening to this, they're going to know what Love Island is about. So I think there's no point in trying to rehash what the episode's about, what the show's about, what the season's about. Let's just start with Love Island generally. Now, I avoided watching it for so long because I thought it was another trash reality TV show that I didn't have time to watch. Nothing about it appealed to me. I thought it'd be silly. I thought it'd be juvenile. And I thought it'd be obvious. It is none of those things. Why do you watch Love Island? I don't know. It's just, it's like watching a car crash, but you can relate so deeply to it. I think every time you start talking to a guy or... Just just the way that things play out, you're like, I've been in that situation. I know exactly how she's feeling. Or a guy did that to my friend just the other day. Like, look at these messages. Or um, comparing yourself to that situation and being like, I know, I know how she feels and it sucks, but she's doing it in front of millions of people. Yeah, it's actually quite cooked. And the reason we're having this conversation today is because I went on Instagram and I was asking for any think pieces about Love Island just because... When I would Google the show, all that would come up was like shitty gossip tabloid things, Ugh. really juvenile pieces about how so-and-so is a child and this Ugh. and this is pathetic. I'm like, there's so much more than that is happening than just, you know, one girl acting irrational or one guy being, you know, um, dishonest. There's so much more bubbling under the surface. So I want to touch on some really, really important themes <laughs> that every fucking blog has failed to discuss let's start with let's start with colorism <laughs> now a couple years ago I would say back when I first started using tinder and everybody was writing think pieces about tinder there was a st- there was a statistic that popped up that says that black women and black men are uh, the two least favored people in the dating pool and that their experience on dating apps would be um terrible by a landslide compared to the average person and you see how this stat is translated on a show like love island because you would say that it's quite diverse there are people of color there are white people there's everyone in between but for some reason the black people get get uh, the black people sorry keep getting picked last and so you took Every time or not at all, even like they're not even getting picked. They're kind of getting passed on to people. And in the instance where they are being picked or favored, it's not necessarily a hmm. What would you call it? 
it's just not a very hmm it's default and it feels odd and I thought I was just being a little bit sensitive towards it because you know unlike other shows like The Bachelor or Married at First Sight they are doing a good job at making sure that all these ethnicities are being catered towards but just not in the way that makes it make sense I listened to a podcast called Reality Tea that you recommended where they spoke to Sharif, one of the um, black male contestants on the show, and he was saying that he was unfairly targeted and could really see that, yes, the the conspiracies are true. Black people aren't being favoured. Why do you think Love Island would even bother to include black people on the show if that was the way they were going to depict them? Like, what is the point? Well, it's tokenism. They want to be able to tick their diversity quota box but not actually have to do the work. It's very, very performative because... Like Sharif said, they've put black people on the show, cool, but you haven't put people on the show that have said they like dating black people. Like Amber has said, and it came out just before the show launched, there was a a video on her um, Instagram that said she specifically doesn't date black men. And, you know, like that's obviously her deal or whatever. But why are you, like, putting black people on the show if you aren't going to put people on there that also want to date them. And someone said to me, like, why don't they have any Asians on the show? And I was like, oh, yeah, great point. Being Asian, I should have noticed that. But also, like, are they then going to put people on the show that want to date Asians? Or is this going to turn into weird fetishy shit? Because that's what happens a lot of the time. These girls with jungle fever or yellow fever or whatever go on the show, but they don't like the people. They like the idea of them. And it's 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 tricky though because what is the alternative to that? Because you there is it's going to be really it doesn't make good TV if you have a, a diverse um, contestant base who is open to dating people outside their race because that'll just be too easy, right? Like to have people of different ethnicities who are happy to mix and match and swirl, it would just be too easy and too simple. And but what we're finding is that like. It's almost as though the drama is happening behind the scenes because I wouldn't say Love mm. Island... Love Island doesn't fall into the stereotype of having these, you know, um, these oddball characters. You know, they had Camilla from last season who was, like, the most boring-ass vanilla bitch there is in yes. the whole entire world. They have, like, these random people who have no personalities and they put them in this Amy. environment and they... Ex- Amy, exactly! Laura from last season as well. Like, these yes. people don't make, quote-unquote, good TV, but here <laughs> they are. So there's obviously a strategy here as to why they're putting these group people on the show. For what outcome, who knows? Well, I guess they, because obviously it's planned. And like with Camilla, you could see that the producers were really trying to like put her through some shit. They kept throwing her like dud after dud after dud. And then eventually Jamie had just been waiting in the wings and they threw him in after they made her endure a whole heap of other shit. So they clearly, they know what they're doing and they know they have people for everyone. They're just choosing when to use them to make good TV. Which is fair. I mean, that's why we keep watching. The thing that's getting me and what's really frustrating me a lot and affirming my reason or my decision to, I guess, not date (laughs) 
is is the classic fucking issues of gaslighting and dishonesty and poor communication. But also what pisses me off the most is that everybody is feigning commitment and romance and intimacy when there is none. All these, oh, my head won't turn for anyone. My head won't turn for anyone. Oh, I would never look anywhere. It's been eight days and I know you're the one. Why are you saying this? And and people are like, you know, they, it's for the money. It's for the money. I don't think these people have cottoned on to the fact that they, they're going to win $50,000. Like, yes, yes, they know. But it's almost like they've all convinced themselves that they're here for, like, the purity of love. And, and that's not what's happening here. I don't understand. It's so frustrating. Yeah, I find it really odd that they're all like, well, an ex-island, I can't remember which one, said that a week in the villa is like a month on the outside when you're dating because you're in such a confined space and you're so intense with everyone. But at the same time, like if you are like Amy, oh my God, yes, she's been done dirty. But if you're willing to tell someone you love them after 13 days or like 30 days in the real world or whatever, like what are you doing? Like stop and get some perspective. And it's like, I don't want to, again, I don't want to berate these people because I'm sure it'd be really difficult in that in that environment to maintain some sort of semblance of reality. But also, you know what's happening in here. You've watched the series. You understand the show. Surely you must know that this, that what's happening here is egged on by the idea that you want to find love, not that you are actually finding love. Like there are so many, even let's, let's talk Curtis and Amy, for example, from the get go, <laughs> I have never seen two more bland people cling together in blandness just to say that they found each other. I, I saw a lot of rumors that Curtis was, is gay, was gay. I don't like that's, neither here nor there but the chemistry i don't see the sexual attraction i don't see the um like the the shared interest i don't understand and it's the fact of the matter is that he's just come out of a long-term relationship she's never been in a romantic relationship like this is trauma bonding (laughs) like what is happening here and it is a partnership by default like Again, they're the most vanilla people, so they were drawn to each other. And that's fine. But go be cameo creams off the screen. We don't want to see it. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. And I think, I mean, also, I, 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 as I'm looking at these relationships develop, like, you know, um, Amber and Michael and Curtis yeah. and Amy and Molly and Tommy, I look at those in contrast to relationships that I have seen in myself or friends that I have and how people will will go out of their way to try and make these relationships make sense because the alternative is that they'd be single and being single is bad, right? But at like this if you big look at, age, wow. Yeah, you look at Amber and Michael, what was going to happen there? He's clearly so irritated by her. She's immature and doesn't know how to... Um, sort of how to connect with someone without testing them. It just doesn't make any sense. Yet they convinced themselves that they were compatible. And now when push comes to shove, not even at the slightest, at the slightest hint of a little bit of temptation, man's just jump ship. Yeah, which is, again, like he said on their date, um, my family would love you. It'd be as if you were there the whole time. Like my head won't turn. You're... Um, you're the female version of me. I've got everything I need from you, blah, blah, blah. 
And she was all like, I really thought that you were going to be the guy that was going to ruin my life. And now look. And now he's ruined her life. And people will swear up and down. These girls are crazy. Blah, blah, blah. They should know better. How many times do these girls keep their guard up just to have these men tear their guards down and have their point proven? And then complain? Oof. Complain about the fact that they have guards up? It's just, it blows my mind. But then also it's like, I look at somebody like Anton and I know we're like, we're, 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 we're tangenting left, right and centre, but who cares? We're here to chat about Love Island. If you watch Love the show. Love isn't linear. Love isn't linear. <laughs> but I look at someone like Anton, who's obviously, as he said before, quite attractive. He has quite a good time in the outside world. He's got a, a wandering eye. He gets pussed day in, day out and he goes into the house. He doesn't have any luck. All of a sudden, a new girl comes in, Belle. Now, Mm. say what you want about Belle. I don't trust her intentions because obviously she would have seen that Anton had had the worst time in the house and he's the easiest target. Scratches back, you know, kisses neck and he's in love with you. Look at this guy. He is smitten and whipped because he's just had some physical affection that he's been craving for two weeks. That's not love. That is not intimacy. That's not even romance. It's just desperation. And he's going to cling on to that until somebody else turns his eye. Mm -hmm. It's just beyond me. And I want to say I'd be better in that situation, but it seems like either everybody in that house is dumb (laughs) or the producers are expert sociopaths. I think it's expert sociopaths. Like, Anton did blackface a couple of years ago. I saw that. You Mm -hmm. know, like, these producers know what they're doing it's not like they didn't stalk his Facebook before they put him in the house. They were just like, whatever, it's fine because he's mildly attractive and he'll be an easy to push around. And he's also been a massive shit stirrer. Mm-hmm, he has. Because he's had no love interest to distract him. It's just, it's beyond me. I was reading an article on The Sun about... Um, it's like this UK gossip tabloid uh, publication and they were... Uh, talking about or trying to decipher which Love Island couples were still couples today. And out of, like, Um, 25, two were. And you wonder, like, what is... It's, like, it's less about, you know why these relationships failed but what what is the formula to a a long-standing relationship when you when the foundation of it is built under such pressure Mm. can it even ever work i think jamie and camilla and then one other couple are still together and i think they just got married oh there was that couple oh they were boring though no one really cared um but marcel blazing squad guy said that it was really hard because he felt they had to stay together, him and Gabby, because there was so much pressure on them from the public to be a Love Island couple. And then from last season, I think within, it was like the six month mark, like four couples split within a week. So everyone was just like, oh, it's contractual obligations. But it's like, maybe they just realized that in the real world, things weren't working and they tried it for as long as they could, you know, like how many days does it take to make a habit? Whatever. But maybe they were just at the end of their tether and it's like after you leave the house are you meant to live together because that's what you've been doing are you like like michael and amber they're from two different cities and on their date they were talking about how they would plan to live in newcastle or liverpool or whichever one 
And it's like, that's not normal. <laughs> that's not normal chat for your first, like, two weeks knowing something. I hate the desperation. And I know it's so nice to be in love and to be kept, but oh my gosh, it's getting to a point where I'm like, is it really worth your sanity to try and attach yourself to another human for the sake of what? Especially because so much, like, so many of these contestants are young. Like, they're 20, 21, 22. Like, there's so much time oh, yeah. for you to find someone. Like, has it really gotten to this point? And not only yeah. are they so young, but you are objectively attractive. You are part of the, the a, a pool of people. You're like, their pool would be huge. If this objective 10 out of 10, 22-year-old, exactly. you know, cute white blonde can't find, a, like, a romantic partner in the whole wide world, what are the odds that she's going to find her person in a house full of 11 oh. other people and she can only have access to five, maybe? Yeah. And I mean, like, when you look at that, the producers pick a lot of people. They don't take, like, there were more applications for Love Island than there were for university, I'm pretty sure. And that's, like, a statistical fact in the UK. But these producers are going out and they're searching for people. Sharif said that he was approached on the street. He was, like, working as a caterer and he was wearing a gross apron and he looked really, like, not particularly attractive. But the producers approached him and asked him to be on the show, like, the week before. And so they know what they're doing and they're selecting people that they think will fit their narrative. But they're not doing it with the Islanders' best interests at heart. Like, this isn't married at first sight. They're not like psychologically peering people up. You would be up. so proud as a producer to be like, I fucking like, did this. <laughs> like I literally turned water into wine. Yes. I have. Like, I have. have you watched and, Unreal? You know, in the context of that like bachelor style dating show, it made a lot of sense to me, but I'm like, how are the producers doing this in a Love Island kind of setting? Like, where are they sort of jumping in and how are they finessing and when are they pulling you aside? And I was, um, you know how you mentioned to me to watch Reality Tea, the, the podcast? I was listening to an episode with Laura Anderson, one of the um, last year's contestants on Love Island, and she was saying that, you know, they separate the boys and girls quite often. Like, they separate them at lunches and dinners and over the weekend. And she's like, there's not a lot of time to build on your relationship. Like, there's this presumption that you spend all day getting to know them, but you really don't. And they make sure they seg they segregate you because they don't want you to... The, the public wants to see a relationship progress when they can watch you, not when you're doing your other shit. And I thought that was super, super interesting, which made me kind of think, like, I'm still trying to unpack this sort of narrative of like chemistry and love because everybody's looking for something on this show like they're looking for like butterflies or like this this semblance or this this marker that we have chemistry and what is it that you're looking for because what I'm seeing is lust or desperation never like there's what else is there <laughs> yeah I mean like more as fanny flutters that's gold but that is lust like she isn't seeing her prince charming walk in and her gut instinct isn't being like marriage material marriage material it's mm. like oh and i it's would so gut interesting how they try and make it make sense so quickly like i'm looking at anna and she's she's looking at um sharif anna's 28 sharif is 20 sure 
age gaps are fine, but with the way exactly. we know how men mature very slowly and women mature at a oh. way faster rate, what is going to happen here? Like, are you really going to babysit this boy? And yes, he's attractive and yes, he's got a great body and yes, he can dance well, but is this really sustainable? And which part of you is like, wh- like I'm mm. trying to figure out which part of her brain was like, we'll just make this work. We'll sort it out. Well, that's the whole default thing. Like, it was a couple by default. And that happened with Laura and Wes last year because that was a similar age gap and they were just together by default. And then everyone was surprised when he recoupled with whoever else, with Meg. But, like, again, that was always going to happen. Someone in his age range was going to turn his head. And that's just the reality. Of, like, what is there to learn from Love Island? Because obviously, as we watch it, it's so easy to critique it. And granted, we'll never be in that in that situation where we're stuck in a house with eleven other people trying to find the love of our lives. I know, but I'm like, so much of this mirrors what our dating experience would be. What am I meant to learn from this? Because I'm already really skeptical of people who role play romance and intimacy and affection when it's too early on. I'm already skeptical of um, misinterpreting lust for love. I'm already skeptical of like, a he- I already have a healthy distrust of people because people talk shit for a living. People lie like it's nothing. People think white lies are okay. Like it's, it's like this I already know. So how can I move forth in the dating arena and not want to next? myself i just the answers aren't here for me i think it's being able to have healthy conversations with men and not fear what's going to happen and not in like a physical safety sense because obviously that's a fear for women but in the sense of like if i say this is he going to stop talking to me who cares you need to say it like you can't just pussyfoot around and be like oh i don't know like if we have this talk like curtis and amy's half boyfriend half girlfriend bullshit like go no absolutely not like be honest and open and you know have those future conversations but you don't need to like label it that early you can just say i really like where this is going i don't plan on cracking on with anyone else. It could all be so simple, but it's just... I guess that is a really good one as well. And I think that... I guess also what I'm trying to understand here is that everybody's lying. Like, everybody's a liar. (laughs) Everybody is a whole Everyone is a liar. liar. And I just... I don't want to seem like I'm bitter or that I think that love is doomed... But what, like, this whole house, all I've seen is people role play what it is to be a good partner for the sake of saving face. And the the fact of the matter is, in a place like Love Island, there really is very little consequence for not finding your person. Like, the, the worst thing is that you go home and just do this shit again. You go home with 500,000 followers and an extra, you know, couple thousand in your account because everyone wants to do social media deals with you. Like, the consequences aren't that dire so why is everybody so scared to say it's just not working out like when i look at curtis and amy why did it take and the thing the thing with curtis and amy that really shits me is that when jordan came into the house sister don't give you an eye she did not give you a look she didn't give you any indication that you were even in her range or her league yet you were willing to risk it all he 
He really made it seem White like him and Jordan had a little something happening and that he had to tell Amy. And all of a sudden, do you see the way his face changed when Sis was like, you know what? I say you just you stick with your boo mm. and I'm going to like go tune Danny. And he was like, no, you need to do what's right for you. She said, yeah. I, I am. Yes, Ugh. be my friend. And I think it's interesting because both Curtis and Michael mm-hmm. have used this as an excuse. Like, instead of saying shit with mm. your chest and being open and honest and having proper, healthy adult conversations at their big ages, they've chosen Which is so to telling because and my concern is, granted, they'd be like, you know what, I, w- I wouldn't have known unless these girls walked into the house. But is that your only litmus test for the validity of your relationship? Like, oh, in this controlled environment, we're all good. But the moment we I step outside of this, the, the first pretty girl, I guess, you know, I'm unfaithful now. I don't know what happened. It Something came over me. Is that all it takes? What is going to keep you faithful if... The second a pretty girl walks by you and you know you have the potential to maybe engage in a conversation with her, you want to throw away everything. Curtis really tried to say, there's nothing wrong with our relationship. There's nothing wrong with it. So I don't know why my head is turning. Yet T minus four hours, all of a sudden, oh, actually, I can rattle off 10, 12 things that's wrong. Where was this? Oh, gosh. Yeah. And it's like... Like, okay, so all of these couples who are like, oh, my God, we're just going to go, like, get a cabin in the woods and, like, live together in harmony and peace, whatever. It's like, okay, so then if, like, Little Red Riding Hood walks past, his head's going to be turned? Like, is that is that what you're saying? Because that's kind of what it seems like. You are solid until you get tested, but the test isn't even a real test. Like, it could be a it could be girl at the supermarket. It could be anything. Like, you know, um, like the host Aloni, of the yeah. Laid Bear podcast, Aloni, she she did a thread last night and she was like, ladies, DM me when you've been Michaeled. And it was like, when you've been sold the dream and then he's turned around and completely screwed you over. And the messages were horrific. They were all involving babies, marriages, houses, like, and it's like the audacity. And one girl said that, um, her man threw away a four-year relationship because some girl was whining on him. It honestly scares me so much because, and this is my frustration with this whole idea of like finding your person because people will swear up and down that their intentions are pure, that you're aligned, you're on the same page. You will question people all day. Is anything okay? Can I be better? Is there anything wrong? No, you're everything I want. I trust you. I want to be with you. Oh my gosh. And do you know what hurts me the most about the Michael and Amber situation? Granted, as we're recording this episode, what we've discovered is that Michael has recoupled and the next episode is going to be the confrontation. Is the fact that Michael cannot see what he's done to Amber. Like he, it doesn't seem like he has, he can register what he's done wrong. He, he's almost like, well, I, I, oh my gosh, it baffles me. Like you cannot see that you've sold her a dream, that you've dragged her along, you've cut her dry and you, you don't know why she's upset. Because she's a child now, isn't she? She's immature. She's got a short temper. She can't chill. Oh my God. But that's, again, like, the difference between 
all the way that men and women are reacting on Twitter over this, all the women are team Amber and all the men are like, oh, but did he actually do anything wrong? He's in the clear technically. Emotions aren't <laughs> technical. Like like we're not this isn't litigation. We like you hurt her because you thought that you well, you sold her the dream and then you chose to rip it away from her, but because you didn't technically do anything wrong there was no contract that you voided it's fine it's like no 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 no. emotions are far deeper than that and you were both equally invested you led her to believe that you were invested in her and then now you've decided that you've changed your mind you don't owe her even the courtesy to be respectful and it's like people who keep comparing the situation to mm, jordan and no, anna it's like very it's different. very different very different like she couldn't even look jordan in the eye because she felt bad michael said it with his chest he didn't care and jordan and anna had both said in the like separate villas that they weren't exclusive they'd been together a week they had barely had that conversation it was chill so yeah jordan's sad but he wasn't emotionally invested like amber was my mind you know what I do want to touch on quickly, though, is the Yuande and Danny situation, because I think that mirrors what a lot of us go through. And I think sooner than later, Amber will turn into a Yuande because you can tell Yuande has been scarred. So just to recap, Yuande's issue or the frustration with her relationship with Danny is that she wasn't keen on expressing her affection. She didn't want to remind him that she cared for him or that she was attracted to him, that she loved him every day, because that's just not what she did. It's not, it's not how she was raised. It's not how she expresses affection. Whereas Danny is quite emotion, emotional, loves PDA, all that bullshit, etc. Now, Twitter was saying that Danny wasn't in the wrong and that Yuande only expressed affection or interest in him outwardly when she was coaxed to by her friends or when she saw that there was competition. I don't disagree. What I also think is really interesting is how Yawande chose to express her affection when given the room to. It was possessive. It wasn't intimate. So I understand how she was like, she was trying and it was new to her, but sitting on someone while, while they're, Talking to someone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah there's, yeah, there's a show called The After Sun as well, which is every Sunday or Monday night, and they do, like, it's just a talk show where they talk with the islanders that have been dumped and they get, like, guest panelists on or whatever. Um, and you one day went on the show, and she said, that she found it really hard because she knew that Danny's love languages were like, um, oh. what is it? Words of affirmation, physical touch, like all of those markers of affection. And for Mine her, too. her love language mm-hmm. is acts of service. So she 
So she, you know, she just yeah. wants what Anton does, like get the coffee in the morning, that kind of thing. And so she was trying really hard once she realized that to speak to Danny in his love language, but it was too late. And then Caroline Flack actually said, did you think it was a bit territorial? You going to sit on Danny? And she was like, no, because that's what all of the other Islanders did in the villa. Like it was, a ve- it's a very common thing. Everyone would just sit on their partner. Um, and so while that timing might've been off for that particular right. instance, like that was her okay. try, kind of. Okay. And I, I'm sure yeah. it's not a, not a surprise that that context wasn't explained to us, the viewer, we just see Yuanda as this crazy territorial girl, which is, yeah, which is the narrative they like to push. But I thought it was really interesting because I'm sure a lot of people are in that too little, too late kind of predicament where you finally understand the way the person you're pursuing wants to be pursued, but it seems disingenuous now that you, they've had to explain it to you or now that it's hit like a breaking point. Granted, I don't even think they were very compatible to begin with. I think that Yawande was in a position where she was picked last and to to be picked at all was enough for her ego and she wanted to hold on to that. I think that Danny was just like, come on now. Danny's Mr. 21. He likes the look of everyone and everything. If it wasn't Yawande, it was going to be somebody else. I don't think that she was very special to him. And that's what frustrated me because she was really like... She was going to break her back to try and, you know, bend and break to be the right person for this guy who, honestly, she could have been the perfect girl and his head still would have turned. He's not serious. He's not serious. Mm. Yeah. Danny is the kind of guy who, in summer, will wear, like, mm-hmm. leather boat shoes to the club mm-hmm. with no socks we all and rolled up capris. We all know the one. Like, he's just not serious. And, you know, I'm really interested or really surprised by, as I said before, Tommy's character arc. I He was one of the very first Islanders oh, that I just yes. wrote off completely. I was like, what a fucking airhead. Get him off my screen. Yes. And it's blown my mind the amount of nuance and objectivity he's displayed time and time and time again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he thoughtfully considers what he says. Like, he handled Lucy, the whole... Lucy, um, Maura, oh. Lucy, Molly May. So He's handled them great. all incredibly well. Like, and it's like, why can't the other guys Man's have that 20, same energy? And he's out here being you know? like, you know what? I need to go and tell Lucy... Uh, Molly made what Lucy has said because if that was if that were me and like it's just like it's not even what he does it's the tact he displays he's 20 and he's just mm. such a rider he's and you know what again the, the way they framed his character yeah. like you know he doesn't know how to make tea his mum does everything for him I was like oh god mm. get him away but isn't that really telling yes. that the youngest boy in the house is essentially the perf- the dream boy. This hurts my feelings. But also, mm. like, why does someone have to be perfect? Like, him not knowing how to make tea, that's totally fine. You can teach someone how to make tea. You can't teach someone to be a better person. It's going to take a lot longer than you're going to stick around for. <sighs> the show stresses me out, and I don't know. Like, I don't... Who's, who is even worthy of winning at this stage? Because everybody... Everybody's frustrating me. And it's only proven that the like the the, the um, markers that people use to pick their ideal partner are all superficial. I look at the way Anna 
has dismissed Jordan because mm. Ovi is 28, tall and dark and handsome. I look at the way Molly May has clung to mm-hmm. Tommy because she didn't want to be with Anton. I look at the way, like, Amy and Curtis have, like, clung together because they're both bland and white. Like, I, it's just... None of this seems like <laughs> legitimate to me. And I, I don't know. I would. Yeah. Like I was thinking about this the other night and I was like, what would make Love Island more realistic that they actually have to be compatible? And I was like, should it be that they have to do like dating in the dark for the first wee while? Or is it that, I don't know, like what can we do to make it more like you're actually connecting with someone as opposed to just sexual attraction yeah, and then the jumping into bed with someone? Yeah, the bed thing is a problem. The bed thing is a problem. Mm. I, yeah. Especially because, like, saying what you said about the mm. boys and girls being separated a lot, bed is yes. where they actually do And they talk. say that every day, like, I couldn't sleep because you were all talking. It's like, oh, my goodness, why is it all happening when we should be sleeping? I think what would help Love Island, number one, is to get some quote-unquote average people. Give me, like, your size 18 school teacher. Yes. Give me somebody who's over the age of 30. Yes. Give me someone who's, like, of a certain religious oh background. Like, just some variation because I don't mm-hmm. understand how you putting 12 objectively hot people, hot models into a house and watching them, like, you know, faff Mm. about is going to... Like, it's not displaying anything. I think the challenges need to be a lot more centred around emotional intelligence and understanding of your partner. Like, tell me about your partner. What do they like? What do they dislike? You know, things like that. I think that they should be tested in a way that... I think the testing should happen way earlier than Casa Amor, like way, way, way earlier. You know what I mean? Like give them a little, oh, like, absolutely. you know, you can either take $10,000 or stay with your partner. What are you going to do? Like some more of that, just because mm-hmm. I think that they reach breaking point way yeah. too quickly. Like the way, when, mm. every anytime there was like two new people arriving in the house, let's say two new girls walked in, the way these boys would be like running up and down, mm. I'm going to put on cologne today, I'm going to shave today, like r- relax. I'm going to do press It's not that deep. <laughs> oh my Throw just something because at That's this rate like i just don't how do they keep themselves busy you can't sing you can't like watch tv you can't talk about things that are like have to do with the outside world like there's so much they i guess they make you go crazy mm. on purpose yeah well i think kim said that Every Saturday, they yeah, would get to leave the Kim villa said, but, off camera. But then Laura and came just, on like, and said that that beach. wasn't true. That he over exaggerated. That it was like every three of like every three oh. Saturdays, and it'd be a half day at max, and the girls and boys would be separated. Right. And like if they went to Macca's, they'd have to sit in the car and eat in yeah. the drive-through because they didn't want people to see them or recognize them. Like that doesn't yeah. sound fun. No, but I also know that like if the because mental health is obviously a huge issue around this show. Um, apparently, if they are feeling off, they can choose to have like an off-camera day where they just don't get filmed at all. Um, and there's a psychologist on set 24-7, obviously, but they don't actually have face-to-face interaction with them. They go sit in a room and they talk to a wall and the person's on the other side of the wall talking back to them. Very bizarre. And obviously, like, 
Love Island and like, is we all know, like, people's mental health. How many times people committed suicide after being on a reality TV show? Too many times to count. That shit happens way, way, way too often. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Mike from last and that's season. That's not chill. Like that. How I mean, is I that happening? Two people from the what season is before, happening maybe? to people in there and out there? I guess it'd be really no. interesting to see how you were depicted after you'd been on that show. I know a lot of contestants say they don't watch it back because you know it's hard enough seeing the way you're portrayed, um, and then seeing people that you develop a relationship with talk behind your back, talk quite candidly mm. and negatively about you to other people. Like that's not fun. So like there are some levels to this shit, but um. I think mm. the most important question to ask, yeah. if you were asked to be on Love Island, would you go? <laughs> yes. Because before I moved yeah. to London, I jokingly <laughs> said to everyone, I was like, I'm not going to get a job. I'm going to go on Love Island. It's going to be chill. And then I was like, oh, God, I've said this. I have to follow through. So I started the application process. And then it said that you have to submit a video saying why you would go on the show. And I was like, fuck that. No, thank you. Especially because so many people have just been cast from Instagram and had not had to do the work. I was like, I'm not, I'm not submitting a video that's in the world for the rest of my life. But if I got asked to go on the show, I would. And I would walk in there and I would tell all the girls that men are trash and to just cover up with each other and go. You know what? I would too. And I just... See, I think I would go in and play strategic and I would try and get into a friend couple straight away and I would Curtis it. I would go and do the mum thing. Curtis and Amy, Mm -hmm. go and do the mum thing, figure it out, and I would ride low, but I'd also Mm -hmm. make... Because you know how, like, the way people act when they think that they've got to protect you as a friend is crazy. Like, yeah, sending Arabella home in... Amber and Anna. Like, they really did Danny dirty with that one. So I'm like, that's the kind of energy I'm on. Would you have sex on Love Island? Deserved. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely not. There is no way. And I think Amber and Kim said that it became quite normal and it was just the thing and that they would go have sex in the toilet because it was the only place that there were no cameras. And I was like... That's really? just gross. Like, I don't need to know that. They have Love Island branded condoms in the villa. And I'm just like, I'm just like, I what mean, is the but point? You just are honestly, in that house 24 out, hours. You're okay. With this. And like, I just think that even if you didn't think that you were that attracted to yeah. your person, yeah. having to share a bed, seeing them like sweaty and tan and working out all day, everybody egging you on, like that in itself would hype you up mm. more than the initial attraction. Mm. Yes, but again, sex is just is sex, sex in that environment. Or I also think that sex? they really stigmatize being alone in that environment. So people do whatever it takes to get a semblance of intimacy. Oh, if that God, means yeah. that I'm going to put out a little bit earlier on, kiss a guy I'm not that interested in to see if there's a connection. Like people would, they'll run to do uh, that shit. I and it's just really going to be interesting because obviously going forward now Amber and Jordan are single until the next recoupling or whatever but what happens like it's just going to be so awkward and uncomfortable and are they going to have to like force new connections will everyone just say that they're playing the game now because they want to stay in the villa and 
like I think when Arabella and Danny kissed an hour after Yawande left, ugh, you know, Arabella was like, we're going to get tested, we're going to get tested. And Amber was like, oh, really? I thought this was just a holiday. Um, and I think, so she kind of gets it. <laughs> and yeah, like where to from here, basically, because everything's fucked. We do. And I think they probably would cycle through at least like 50 people for a season. Yeah, they would. I mean, have you watched um, any of those YouTube videos about um, ex-contestants and their experience no. on, on Love Island? So, like, there's this girl, I think her name was Savannah. She was on um, last season and she didn't get a lot of screen time, but she made a YouTube video mm. talking about her experience on Love Island. And she was saying that essentially, like, she got casted to go on um, she got the call and they said, you know, they send you a list of everything you need to pack, you know, like this color dress and this color thing and get a bikini and so and so. And they um, they tell you just to hold on. If you're not part of the first batch of contestants, then they tell you to hold on and they give you like a window. I think it's like a, a three to six week window where they could potentially call you to get on the flight to Mallorca. So she had to wait a couple of weeks, maybe two weeks. She was called to go to Mallorca and then she was put in a holding room in a hotel for days, like five to five to seven days, waiting to see when she'd get cycled through, which is just ridiculous considering that if you've already flown all the way to Mallorca to stay in a hotel room, hoping that you're going to get picked. And she was saying that they couldn't leave the hotel room because people, they didn't, like they couldn't get spotted by anyone. They couldn't leave the hotel room she was lucky that she was she sh was bunking with another potential contestant, but that's all she could talk to. They couldn't go on their phones or like post on social media. They couldn't entertain themselves. She said she was going crazy. Then they sent her back home. They're like, oh, sorry, like we don't need you at the moment. Like plans have changed. They sent her back home. She was there for another couple of weeks and they called her back to go into the house. And she was like, it was ridiculous. Like I was just in this hotel waiting to go on. You get flung into the house. You have no idea what's happening, where to go. You are unaware of how much screen time you are or are not getting. So it's hard to know how engaged to be. She said there were so many situations where I thought, where she said that I was being really charismatic. I was making jokes. I was being, mm. you know, playful. And she would ask her family. They're like, mm. oh, we didn't see any of that. Like, you didn't get any screen time. So she's like, there's also that in mind. Like, you're all you're already on edge from waiting so long. And then you get into the house. You're kind of like, well, am I on yeah. TV? And I guess, I guess you would, like her, she tried to be charismatic and stuff. But you need to really ham it up and be a personality that people are going to want to see on their screens like be the villain because everyone knows that the villain will get screen time although why does lucy have so much screen time seriously what does she she's so forgettable i don't have anything for her like let her go At all. granted people like i think for that demographic though because who's gonna date those other boys if not her oh. like yeah everyone can say that charlie and stevie are hot or whatever their names are but like nobody seems that attracted to them like enough no. to couple up so they kind of need to have lucy there but like they could just pick better guys Mm, they need that the the white crisp, you know, <laughs> demographic. They need it. They they are lacking so many stereotypes in that house, though. Yeah. Like they've got like the Kendall, they got the black Kendall, and they got Barbie. 
and Black Barbie. Like, there's so much that sits outside of that bandwidth that's just not being accounted for. Yeah, and I think they kind of put Lucy in there as, like, cheerleader jock type, but apparently she's not even a legit surfer. She's, like, a surf model. Oh, my gosh! Of course she is! So, you know, it's like, you didn't even get that right. Like, what are you... What? I don't understand. You know, They really tried it. Yeah, and I think someone from Geordie Shaw tweeted and said that they just want to see, like, the girl from their local Sainsbury's, which is a supermarket, on the Mm. show, who's just super chill and not that fast and just, like, your average person that you can relate to. I want to see an average bitch so bad. Like, I want to see somebody, like, I want to see someone who's plus size. I want to see someone with bad skin. Mm -hmm. I want to see someone who... I, like, where are the same-sex couples? Like, oh something. Oh, my God. Are we all blonde, white, and straight? Like, no. This, just, this can't be it. Well, Love Island America is filming at the moment in Fiji. And Ooh. that will be quite interesting. But, I mean, like, even Love Island Australia. Oh. Terrible. Oh. Terrible. Again, they all just looked like people from the Gold Coast. They really did. And, like, I don't understand why... Like, do you know what would be funnier to me? Put a bunch of people in the house that are unlikely to find each other attractive and say, go and go and make a couple. Exactly. <laughs> that is good TV. See what people will do to make it make sense. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, I don't know, Have let them have their first pick, but then also have the producer's pick, and they'll get extra benefits or something if they go with the producer's pick and have to graft that way and then maybe make an actual connection based on what you're actually going to match on and not just who you double tap on Instagram. Oh, my God, like Curtis saying he'd slid in Maura's DMs. What? Yeah, like when Maura first came into the show, I'm pretty sure he said that um, he followed her on Instagram and he tried to slide in her DMs. Oh, my gosh. Again, white male confidence, because, Curtis, you are so not on Maura's level. No, babes. No. I mean, everybody's really brave on that show. I just, it's super interesting. I, I want to be in their shoes just for a second, just Same. so I can know what it feels like to do the most for so little yeah. in return. The yeah. way these girls are like, oh, my God, he's, he's gotten me a tea. He's gotten me a tea. Oh. <laughs> like, that's it. Seeing Molly Mae break down when she realized that um, the bear was with Tommy and not just because he was coupled up with someone else. I'm like, is it that deep? Yeah. Like, surely it's like some of you need to keep your guards up in some regard because you were doing long-term damage, really thinking that these two-week boyfriends are going to be, like, the most faithful. What is a two-week relationship? Yeah. These relationships are, like, a dress from H&M. Like, you're going to wear it twice, you'll throw it up on the Instagram, and then it'll fall apart. And my concern is, like, as we go back to the whole, like, head-turning phrase, how is it that... The idea that your partner's head could turn is the biggest fear you have for the mm. demise of your relationship. Not the lying, n- no, not the fact that you are inherently incompatible, mm. un- incompatible, whichever, yeah. but like them looking at somebody else. That's what you're afraid of out of all the things that could go wrong. 
Not like how you're going to transition into the real world. Mm. Not about what cities you live in. Not about what you should do for a living. Not about your core fundamental beliefs. When I'm looking at Maura and fucking Denon, and she was like, oh, you know, I didn't realise until I talked to Marvin that he hadn't even asked me about my family or my job. Mm. But Man's is trying to tell her that, like, my head won't turn. I'm putting my all into you. You don't even know her last name. Exactly. Like, I had to Google it. Um, But... It's interesting because these people, they, like, often people are like, oh, no, they won't cheat because we're solid in a relationship, not they won't cheat because there's no one out there, Mm. you know? Like, Mm. so why aren't you working on your relationship to be in a place where you are 100% solid? And, I mean, like, we all knew that Molly and Tommy were going to be fine, but why hadn't they've been constantly reassuring each other that, hey, like, no matter what happens, like, I've got your back and you've got mine and, like, we're going to be progressing forward and you're the one for me. And so that there is no need for that fear, you know? Like, I think... Yeah, why... Like, what is happening in that house? So you guys just, like, sit on each other all day and then, like... Like, is it the kiss at night to confirm that you're still on the same page? Like, you have all the time in the day to talk to each other, and yet you still don't know if you're on the same page. What are you doing? Exactly. Like, it is really, like, baptism by fire into a relationship. Because, like, you could be playing 20 questions all day. You could find out every single thing. You could find out their entire family tree. You could find out, like, their great-great-great-great-grandma's favourite colour. But you've chosen to just like talk about what nothing talk about like why why is the sky blue like oh my god anton just did that like stop talking about each other and talk about your own relationship literally because that's all the trouble like and they're too insecure to have those open and honest conversations because they fear rejection which is a totally normal fear but like if you don't face it, you're not going to deal with it and you're not going to be able to make progress. And I think that's like why Jamie and Camilla have worked out because they were really honest with their communication. It's like the consequence of not speaking openly and candidly is far worse than this charade of like trying to mask themselves as like a couple that's doing well. I do not understand how, and I, yeah. it's like, I feel like it's like the millennial curse though, because like it's easier to like go and fuck someone than it mm. is to tell them about, you know, your deepest, darkest secret or, or ask them yeah. to be exclusive. I understand that sex or romance mm. or intimacy or lust is easier, but when you're in that environment and everything about that environment is telling you to, to forge a relationship, it would just make sense for you to be like, okay, what are your, like, what are your thoughts on X, Y, and Z? That's why I love when Camilla dropped that guy when mm. he made that dumb fucking remark about, um, uh, equality of the sexes, but we have a we have a female prime minister. Are yes. we all equal? Like she really oh did a number on him, and I'm so proud on her because those are the conversations exactly. we need to be having. Not like hypothetically. Oh, my parents would love you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like we have the same humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. What is that? Yeah, like why don't you talk about your deal breakers? Talk about what didn't work in your last relationship. Talk about what you want from the future. Talk about where you see yourself in five years. Like talk about the things that have hurt you the most in a past relationship and like why that makes you the way you are. Do some reflection. Get a journal. And then what bothers me the most is that Love Island is just an amplified version of the real world. 
and that for every mm-hmm. person doing the work, there is at least 11 more that aren't. <laughs> yes. Okay. One thing that gets me about the show and that I only just thought about this week, periods. Getting your period on Love Island would be horrific. The worst. Like, so moody and so just like, you're sitting in a bikini, you're probably bloated, you feel like shit, your skin is all over the show, you're on camera, you want to cry, the boys are probably saying stupid dumb shit, you get thrown challenges when you're already feeling fragile, and then you have to share a bed with someone while you've got your period. Yeah, you're right. The big. Like how yeah. the bikini thing. Can we touch on that? Like, let these people oh, wear clothes. My God. I know it's hot, but like they need to look at the way these people are burning their skin. There is barely any shade, exactly. and they're all wearing bikini. Like, we get it; it's hot, but also you can cover up. You know, like you can wear clothes. Are they contractually obliged to sit outside all day? Can there not be like a dining area well, inside? Well, they have that clothing partnership, so I guess they have to wear x amount of whatever per day but maybe the extreme heat and lack of shade is to push people into sunstrokes that they get delirious and make poor decisions i hope that's the case because it's not like that is the only thing that makes sense because Mm. you know like when you watch like a like um the real world or you know those those american reality tv shows Mm. there are other common areas people can hang out in like it's like a phone room there's a living room there's a games room this is literally a bathroom a bathroom a dressing room a bedroom and a big backyard yeah for 12 people yeah well you know the villa that they filmed australia love island in yeah so that was the original love island villa um, but they didn't want to use it anymore because the pool temperature wasn't warm enough and the islanders would complain and so they wouldn't swim, so they wouldn't, like, frolic and be sexy in the water. And so right. that's why they changed their next villa. But the house is just, like, a giant farmhouse, but you can, like, book a batch and stuff, I'm pretty sure, um, which they convert for Love Island. Oh. Because the bedroom is actually a giant open-plan kitchen. Oh. And, like, all of the walls... Everything is fake and brought in to, like, make it as TV-friendly as possible. Just put a bloody games room in there. Give them a ping-pong table. Give them something. I even think that they had more forms of entertainment. It'd be a funnier show. Like, they would do more. Like, watching them, like, slowly, like, (laughs) disintegrate into delirium isn't that Mm. cute. No. And, like, they have another show called Love Island Unseen Best Bits or something, which I don't watch. But they tease it a lot in the commercials here. And it'll be like them making up their own challenge to make a shower roster because obviously 20 people can't shower at the same time. Um, But like, why don't you actually give them chores and like make them live properly? Like on Big Brother, I'm pretty sure they would actually have to like cook and clean and do all of that. Yeah, they did. On Love Island, they have cleaners. They have hair and makeup artists. They don't need to do oh, anything. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And also, they that really do me. need forms of entertainment in that house because you could do so much. Like, even if there were like little challenges you could do in your own time to like tally and get points. Like, yes. Oh, whatever it is. Anyway, that. <laughs> That is us. I think that's 50-something minutes of conversation and we haven't even scratched the surface. 
Everyone who's listening, shout out to you. You get a bonus episode. Yeah. Flex and Annie talk Love Island. <laughs> Will there be another one of these? Who knows? I might get too frustrated and not watch it again because at this rate, it sounds like we only have complaints, but it is actually an amazing show and I think people should watch it. It's just anthropology in its finest form. Watch people, watch the way people behave when given mm. no rules. Just the task of finding a partner is actually so fucked. Watch it to learn something about yourself, not to learn something about these people. Absolutely. Annie, where can the people find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram, underscore Anima, A-N-N-Y-M-A, or over on Twitter, are you okay, Annie? Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. as always, you can find us on Instagram, it's Bobo and Flex. We're on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple. We've also got a Patreon, so go over there, do some shits there. We've got a Facebook community group where we can talk and engage and discuss. It's not a safe space, so... If you are scared of getting your feelings hurt, then it's not for you. <laughs> Again, it's Bobo and Flex. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you eventually. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.